up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your humble host, Victor. Just kidding. I'm not humble. I'm working through it. Guys, please bear with me. I'm kidding. Guys, I hope you all had a fantastic week. I am so excited for this episode. I feel like some of our podcasts in the more recent history have been much more application theological, but leading more towards application, which I have really loved. I've I've really enjoyed that style of podcasting. Guys, please let me know what you think. You can email me, gracenationministries at yahoo.com. Check out our website. Grab some gear. We have stuff on our website. We have shirts, hats, hoodies. It's still cold outside, so don't feel, don't feel free to get yourself a hoodie. It helps the podcast, and it helps you because you look dope in a Grace Nation hoodie. So, um, just a quick update on my life. I am recording this podcast at 10:15 at night on February 22nd, and this episode is going live at like in like 10 hours Saturday morning on the 23rd. So it is late. I have had a hectic, hectic week, and I'm actually going to be kind of talking a little bit about my week in this episode. And so I am uh, super excited. So if you guys don't know anything about my testimony, if you know a little bit, I've talked a little bit about it on the podcast before, but when I was about 16 or 17, I can't remember the exact day, I was involved in quite a large traffic accident. Um, I was the at-fault driver. I pulled out of a neighborhood leaving Bible study and got T-boned by just a massive truck pulling a big trailer. And uh, I was sent into like the ditch. Uh, my car was a ball. It was totally totaled. Let's see what I did there. And uh, I was not harmed in the slightest. I had a tiny bruise on my hand. Airbags went off. Um, I mean, literally God's hand was wrapped around me in that moment because I should not be here recording a podcast for you guys. And so, you know, I look back on that time in my life and I've seen how God has used that moment to form my the way that I live today. It has formed the way I act. It has formed my thoughts. It has helped reform the way I see God. Reform literally means to like revive. It revived the way that I saw God. Um, and so I look back at that moment and that was a huge changing point in my life. That's when I realized I wanted to go into full-time ministry. When I say full-time, we're all in full-time ministry. I'm talking about vocational. I'm talking about being a pastor. I felt called in that moment to serve the local church as a leader. And that's when the trajectory of my life changed. And so God used this moment when I had started driving as a defining moment as a shifting moment in my life that would define the rest of my future. That was, I can look back at that moment and say that that crash was God's grace in my life because I was walking in disobedience and he, he, he took my life and put it on a different path. And it just meant almost having to kill me in the most realist sense possible because uh, I was walking in such disobedience. He had to wake me up, and he did. And in that moment, I might not have considered it God's grace, but I look back at it now and see that it was God's grace. And so I tell you that story for a few reasons, um, mainly because this week I was involved in another traffic accident. Um, this one was not my fault. I was stopped at a red light, 
and I got hit from behind by a car who had gotten hit from behind by another car. It was one of those domino effect situations. And if you guys, again, know anything about me, I'm living in North Carolina now, far away from my parents, um, who I so desperately depend on and for a lot of things, for most things, if I'm just being real with you guys. And so it's a, it's a difficult process to kind of go through this by myself. Um, and so I got T-boned, I got hit, my car from the back end was totally demolished, um, the back bumper was shredded, the back tailgate of my truck was shredded, the back glass on my truck was completely shattered, my head had gone back, hit my back seat, which shattered the glass, I was shot forward into another car, the front of my car was totally shattered, um, not as bad as the back, but it was, it was, it's dented and cracked up pretty good. And, uh, in that moment, my reaction was only because of what God had done six years ago. I instantly got out of my car and made sure everyone was okay. Six years ago, I got out of my car and started crying and didn't really care about the other car. Um, I got out, made sure everyone was okay. I called 911 right away told everyone to start exchanging information, told everyone to take pictures of the incident. I'm not telling you this to, to puff myself up because of how I reacted, but I'm saying that God had prepared me six years ago and had me go through a life threatening situation so that in the future right now, I was able to serve the three other people involved in this accident, reflect Christ and hopefully ultimately share the gospel with them. Uh, I'm in the process of talking with most of them actually right now. And God has already opened up so many doors. And so I got into this car accident and in that moment, just begun praying, uh, begun praying for their salvation, begun praying for opportunities, opportunities to share the gospel. And that's just, I, I wasn't expecting to react like that. If I'm just completely honest with you, I had always thought if I got in another car accident, especially one where I got hurt, I'll talk about that a little bit more. But if I had gotten another car accident, I always thought that I was going to freak out, especially with my parents so far away, over 10 hours away from me. I, I thought that I would be unable to handle this situation. And I have a really good support group here with me, but I thought I would freak out. But I realized that because God uh, had me go through the situation in my past, I was able to better serve the people that I was involved with in this accident. And I know that my crash six years ago served more purposes than just preparing me for this moment. But I guarantee you that that part of God's plan six years ago to have me go through that incident was in preparation for what happened today. And I'll probably something may happen in 20 years and I can look back at that car accident or I can look back at this car accident and see God's provision in my life. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about God's faithful provision, God's deep provision for his people. Um, some people call it reckless. I'm kidding. No one calls it reckless provision. If they do, guys, just read the Bible. I'm sorry. I Reckless love. I have a whole podcast on it. I've been going on a rant with that. But yeah, it's crap. And I'll say crap. I could say other words, but y'all would probably think I'm a, a heretic. So anyways, back on track. God's faithful provisions. Uh, in Philippians 4, it talks about God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Um, 
let's see, there's tons of Old Testament literature, tons. Um, Wisdom of Solomon, which is, if you guys don't know that, it's, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We could talk do a completely different uh, podcast on that. But it says, instead of punishment, he showed kindness to his people to prepare them to eat, a delicacy to satisfy their desires. Genesis 45, 23 says to his father, he sent as followers 10 donkeys loaded with good things of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. The word provision in the Bible is used most commonly in two different contexts. The first context is to provide for some physical need, whether it be hunger or thirst or uh, financial status. It is providing something to fulfill a gap in someone's life. Provision, uh, and we see that a lot in the Old Testament. In fact, that is its most common use in the Old Testament. We see it all throughout Deuteronomy, all throughout Genesis, all in Malachi, um, uh, Psalms, uh, especially in Psalms and the Chronicles. Um, Psalms 132.15 says, I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread, right? Um, we even see in the New Testament when Jesus is feeding the 5,000, which we know is probably more like 15 or 20,000, when he's feeding that, he, he feeds them what? He feeds them provisions because these people are hungry. They are lacking something. And then someone steps in and provides for their emptiness. There is physical provision in the Bible, but... Oftentimes in the Bible, we also see provision in a more of a spiritual sense. And that's where that Philippians verse comes into play, right? And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It is this foresight of spiritual need that God sees his people having. Um, and I think that's important to know. The word provisions and the word foresight, I'm going to try and read it for you. It's pro pro no. Pranoia, pranoia. I'm not fluent in Greek, okay? But it's pranoia. Uh, that literally means provisions, comma, foresight. So it is God looking into the future and foreseeing his people needing something. And that's relates to my story. Six years ago, I got into this car accident, and in the moment, I was questioning God. I was asking him, why would this happen to me? Because I was leaving Bible study, but the drunk driver who goes 90 miles an hour down the highway on the wrong side of the road will get home safe. Like, why does he get home safe? And why do I get in this car accident? And in the moment, I couldn't see it because I couldn't see into the future. I didn't have the foresight to see it. But God was, he was providing for me a spiritual food, if you will for the future. He was providing me this something to fill this emptiness that I had so that I could serve people better uh, in the end, right? Read Philippians. It says, he will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory. So he supplies our needs for his glory. Don't get that twisted, right? He doesn't supply our needs so we can be happy. No, he supplies our needs because it glorifies him. He provided for my needs in that moment so that he could be glorified so that I can faithfully share the gospel to the people that I got in the car accident with, right? God's provision is specifically for the purpose of bringing glory to his name. 
And if we twist those provisions, if we take them and we twist them to bring ourselves glory so that we can boast in the things that that we have in our physical accomplishments, then they're not provisions from God, but they're uh, idols that we have erected in our lives. And so we have to be really careful about that. Um, so that's just kind of been something that I've been dealing with this week. Um, it's been really cool just a few days after the car accident to see how God has provided just a few days after. And I know that as the weeks and the months and the years go on, I will be able to continue to look back and see the ways that God has provided in this situation to ultimately bring glory to himself. I want to challenge you guys this week. I want to challenge you to to take a look in your life, take a look at your history, take a look at your testimony and see where God has provided for you. Whether it have been physically or spiritually and you have one automatically, right? As a Christian, God has provided you salvation. So if you're like, I just haven't seen God provide me any, I haven't seen his provisions in my life. Stop and take a breath and realize that if you are a Christian, you have been provided the gift of salvation. God has literally stepped into your life and fulfilled the biggest hole that is missing, the biggest gap that you had, and it was a it was a life without Christ. And so if you're struggling to find where God has pro- has provided for you, take a just take a step back and realize that if you are a Christian, God has provided for you in the biggest sense, his salvation. There is nothing more that can trump that, right? Salvation and God saving you, stepping into your life, filling that gap is the ultimate act of grace that God can give to you in your life. But outside of that, take a look at where God has provided for you, whether it be physically, emotionally, or spiritually, especially through tragedy. Like, through a death in the family. How has God used a death in the family to provide for you, to provide for others? Now, remember that God's provision isn't specifically for you. God's provision is for a greater purpose, right? We read that it's for his glory. So don't let God's provision just stop with you. If God has provided you with something, it is meant for you to provide to others, It is meant for you to extend the love and the grace of God to other people in the context that they don't know God, to people who don't know the gospel, to people who aren't Christians, who haven't received salvation. God has given you provisions. God has provided for you both spiritually and physically so that you can love and provide for people who don't know Christ yet. And I'll be honest with you, if you are if you are taking God's provisions and letting them stop with you, then there needs to be a serious heart check that needs to happen. Because as Christians, we should automatically see God's provisions and and want them to extend to other people. That is a natural Christian response. When we see people hurting, we should desire to provide for them. When we see unjust things happening, whether it be in our legal or political system or in our social structure, when we see unjust things happen, we should have a desire to help and to provide for the people who are being persecuted, right? In Micah, it talks about we need to walk humbly with our God to do justice, 
and to walk humbly with our God. When we see hurting people, we should have a desire to provide for them. And we can do that because God has provided for us. And so this week, I want to challenge you to take a look at your life and look at how God has provided for you. But we can't stop there. And and to be honest, that's where we stop, right? Take a look at those things. See where God has provided for you. But then take inventory of how you have used God's provisions to provide for other people. Whether it be your children, whether it be your neighbor, whether it be your pastors, whether it be the homeless guy on the side of the road. If, if you take inventory of your life and you see God's provisions for your life... And if you see them stop with you, there is a problem. You should be able to see where God has provided for you and how that provision has extended to other people. Now, I'm not saying this is a requirement for your salvation. I'm not saying that you have to do things to earn God's love. But I am saying that a natural Christian response is to provide for the hurting because God has provided for us. That's the gospel, guys. And so this week, literally write down on a piece of paper everything that you have seen God do in your life and things that God has literally provided for you and then see how that translates into how you help and provide for other people. And so God has provided you with salvation. He has gifted you salvation. How does that impact your neighbor? Well, it means you love your neighbor. It means you care for his or her needs. It means you are, are there at their kids' sporting events just to show that you support them. It means that you uh, share the gospel with them and you show Christ's love to them every opportunity that you have. God has provided you with financial blessings, which I'm not saying he has for everyone, but for the people that he has given financial blessings to. That means that you provide financially for other people, whether it be your kid funding to go on a mission trip. Or whether it means you tithe a little extra to your church because God has given you the ability to do that. Or maybe it means once a week taking someone out to lunch just to get to know their story. God has has gifted us blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And they can't stop with us because his provisions are for his glory. And so... It's easy to think of provisions and material things like money or cars or power or whatever, status, social status, your job. It's easy to think of provisions that way, but they're not just physical. They're spiritual and emotional, right? So our spiritual provision is our salvation, but it's also our sanctification. It is the way that we grow in the Lord, that is God providing for us spiritually. You see your relation with the relationship with the Lord growing. You see your passion for him growing. You see your desire for his word growing. You're hungry for more of God. That is God providing for you spiritually. God provides for you emotionally by putting people in your life that, that care for you. Your pastor, if you are a Christian, you should be a part of a local church. That means you have a pastor and, and he cares for you. Your pastor is there to pour into your life, to to counsel you through difficult situations. God has given you emotional provision. He's given you spiritual provision. He's given you physical provision. And it's really easy, especially if we're not experiencing these things firsthand all the time, to kind of forget about those things. 
but single mom with five kids raising them by herself, working three jobs. I want to encourage you right now in this moment that God has provided for you every need for his glory. And so that's the clarifying factor, right? He provided for you every need for his glory. So he's placed you in a position. He's put you in a, sometimes a very difficult position, but that doesn't mean you lack provision. And it's important to know. It's okay to go to God and ask him for provision. That's what half the Psalms are about. That's what David goes to the Lord for half the time is he's asking for God's provision. You see the kings of Israel and of, uh, of, of, of God's people going to the Lord and pleading for his provision, whether it be in a war or a battle or whether it be in the desert when they're wandering for 40 years. You see people asking for God's provision. And the cool thing is, guys, the cool thing is, is that God responds. God responds to these people's requests. Remember, provision is what we said earlier. It is taking a gap, a hole in someone's life, and God filling it. But it doesn't stop there. It extends to other people. And so, guys, I want to encourage you with that this week. Like I said, the challenge, take a piece of paper, write down the areas in your life you have seen God physically provide for you, but not physical provisions, but the ways that God has provided for you. And then also from there, draw lines and see how those provisions have extended out from you to care for other people. That's the big question. How has God's provisions provided other people, not just yourselves? God's provisions don't end with you. They end with his glory. And so, guys, I um, uh, last update, I went to the emergency room after the car accident, was treated, had a, may have a minor concussion, minor to mild concussion, nothing that needs further medical treatment. I'm recovering good. I'm still very sore. I have some neck pain, some head pain, but nothing that um, I won't be able to fight through and get through. Uh, by God's grace, I am alive and here. Um, I've had just many car problems and, and there are, there are times where I look back in my life and, and realize that I should not be alive. I should not be here. And so it causes me to fall to my face and praise him. Guys, I would encourage you to do the same fall on your face and praise him. If you have any questions about me or about this story or about this podcast or about um, anything in general, theology questions, I might not be the best person equipped to answer them, but I will do my best to find an answer for you or to at least point you in the right direction. You guys can email me, gracenationministries at yahoo.com. I've had a lot of awesome conversations with you guys. And so I'm really appreciative of you guys reaching out to me. We have a really special guest. I said March 8th. It's actually April 11th. It got pushed back. I actually have a uh, Kentucky trip that I have to go on. Um, yeah, I won't talk about that. It's just, you know, I got I to gotta do what you got to do. So I got to go on a trip. And uh, so we had to push back my uh, interview with a really special person that I'm super excited about. And so you guys can uh, just be expecting that. Grace-Nation.com is my website. If you want to check that out, grab yourself some gear. How about the podcast? Uh, and I will hope to see you guys next week. Guys, I am praying for you daily. I love you guys. You guys are what keep me going. I'm just so humbled by the way that God is working in all of your lives. And I am gracious and humbled that 
I might be able to play even just a minor role in that. God is so good and so gracious in that area. Guys, seriously, I love you. I say this every week. You are so beautiful and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care and God bless.